Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I want to encourage you to pick up my short story, uh, An Ounce of Prevention. Private detective Jerry Newton takes on a job playing bodyguard to a fourth grade teacher who's receiving some mysterious threats. And then he meets a mysterious woman and falls under her spell, only to find out something quite unusual about her. You can pick up Ounce of Prevention in the Kindle store or as an audiobook through audible.com or the iTunes store. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Inspector Thorne, the original air date, September the 13th, 1951. And this one is The Two Fiancés Murder Case. And now the National Broadcasting Company presents Inspector Thorne in The Two Fiancés Murder Case. Tonight, the National Broadcasting Company presents the exploits of the spectacular young Inspector Thorne of the Homicide Bureau, whose investigations rank with many of the most celebrated ones in the annals of crime fiction. An investigator smart enough to claim he is dumb and modest enough to believe it. Tonight, Inspector Thorne turns to the two fiancés murder case. The scene is the fabulous penthouse apartment of Keith Cameron, the handsome and arrogant Broadway star. There is a party going on, but at the moment, Keith is out on the terrace listening to the grateful thanks of a fading actress, Elaine Martin. Oh, Keith, I don't know how to thank you. Think of it in only nine hours. At 11 o'clock this morning, how the auditioning for John Swenson's new show... How did you ever arrange it, Keith? That's a silly question, Elaine. You know my name is Magic on Broadway. I know, Keith. And the show is sure to be a success. Swenson's shows always are. And I'll be back on top again where I belong. I arranged for an audition, not a contract, Elaine. Oh, they'll take me for the part. They must, Keith. It's been so long since I had a good part. Since you had any part. And I'll owe it all to you. Uh, Keith, 
Why don't we get married now, right now? Uh, Elaine, you know, I'll have to prepare my public gradually for the shock. Keith Cameron married. Oh, that'll come as quite a blow to a great many women. But why must we keep it such a close secret? Why not tell our friends? We will, Elaine, we will. I heard you, Keith Cameron. I heard you tell Elaine you were going to marry her. Why, Carla Carroll, what are you doing out here on the terrace? I heard everything, Keith, about your arranging the audition for her, about your secret plans for marriage, all the things you promised me. Now, Carla, control yourself. Keith, why don't you deny what Carla is saying? Why don't you tell that little liar off? Because he can't, that's why. He promised to make me the rising star of Broadway, get me a part in the new John Swenson show. You, you've never been in anything but a chorus line. Broadway needs young blood. That's what Keith said, Elaine. And he's going to marry me, aren't you, Keith? Why, you... Stop it! No, I can't stand emotional scenes. So, it's true, Keith. You did promise to marry Carla, just as you promised to marry me. No, I've had enough of this. And of the party. I want everyone to leave immediately. You won't get away with this. I warn you, Keith. Not even the great Keith Cameron can have two fiancés and live. And now, only 20 minutes after the arrogant Broadway star Keith Cameron has ordered his guests out of his penthouse apartment... We see him pacing the floor of his bedroom as he says to himself, Fools! How dare they speak to me that way? Sounds like a key. Someone at the door. Who's that? Answer me, who... Oh, it's you. What do you mean, coming in like this? Uh, Wait, wait, put down that gun! I... Give it... Oh, ah! time later that same night that we see the spectacular young Inspector Thorne of Homicide and his assistant Sergeant Muggan arrive at the murder apartment and speak to the frightened man who opens the door for them. You are Jack Parker, the man who phoned in that Keith Cameron was murdered? Yes. Yes, I am, Inspector Thorne. This is my associate, Sergeant Muggan. Evening. I'm... I was, that is, Keith Cameron's theatrical agent. I know that, Mr. Parker. I called you just as soon as I found Keith murdered. The call came in at exactly 3 a.m., Were you in the habit of visiting your client at that hour of the morning? Well, you don't understand, Inspector Thorne. Keith was having a party. At least, that's what he told me. I was delayed by some business, but I was sure the party would still be going on. I see. Just where is the body, Mr. Parker? In the bedroom. Here, I'll show you. Now, wait right there, please. Sergeant Muggan and I will investigate the scene of the crime by ourselves. Boy, this is some room. Yes, and some corpse, Muggan. Murderer didn't take any chance on missing. Those shots were fired at close range. It's a shame. Big Broadway style like him. Look, Muggan, look at his clothes, those marks on his hands. That gun went off while Keith Cameron was struggling with a killer fighting for his life. That's one fight he lost, poor guy. Well, I'll have ballistics check on the bullets, Chief. Doesn't seem to be anything else in this room that can help us. I'm not so sure of that, Muggan. Look at Keith Cameron's dressing table. It's an apple pie order. Just like everything else in this room. He must have been a real neat sort of guy. Mm, yes, everything very carefully put away. 
That's why I wonder about that makeup kit standing on the dressing table. Well, these actors, you know. Well, they use makeup for the stage, Mugger, not in the evening when they're retiring. These jars of makeup don't have any labels, Chief, just numbers on each jar. Hey, Mugger, uh, when the fingerprint boys come, have them go over those jars very carefully. Sure thing, if you say so. Well, now let's go out and talk to Keith Cameron's theatrical agent, Jack Parker. I have an idea there's a lot more he can tell us about the murder. Mr. Parker, there are a few questions I'd like to ask you. Anything, Inspector Thorne, anything at all. As I said, I got here just about three o'clock, expecting to find a party. The, the door was open, and I walked in. I was plenty surprised to find it so quiet and empty. I called Keith, and when he didn't answer, I decided to take a look around. That's when I walked into the bedroom and, and saw his body. And right after that, I called you. Is there anything else you want to know, Inspector Thorne? Yes, the truth. What? What do you mean? I just... Mr. Been... Parker, I'm no genius, but I try to do a thorough job. Before I came up here, the superintendent of this apartment building told me that there are only two ways of getting up to Keith Cameron's penthouse apartment. Either you take the regular elevator, and the night elevator operator reports that no one came up here since the party ended, or you use Keith's private elevator, for which you have to have a key. Just how did you get up here, Parker? All right, Inspector Thorne, I'll tell you. But it doesn't mean that I killed him. You have a key, don't you, Mr. Parker? Sure I have. So do a lot of his friends. You were a friend of Keith Cameron's as well as his business agents? Of course. Keith and I got along swell. That's not the way I heard it, Inspector Thorne. My wife reads the Broadway gossip columns, and I remember her telling me that Cameron and his agent were about to bust up. Oh, that's all a pack of lies, Inspector Thorne. Well, then you claim that everything between you and Cameron was fine. Perfect, Inspector Thorne. Couldn't have been better. But if you're interested in finding a trouble spot, try Elaine Martin. Elaine Martin? That sounds familiar. Yeah, then you've got a good memory. It's been a long time since Elaine Martin had a partner show, and she isn't getting any younger. Now, what is her connection with Keith Cameron? She knows a good thing when she sees it, Inspector Thorne. And those keys I was talking about, the keys to this apartment, I know for a fact that Elaine Martin made Keith give her one of them. Sergeant Muggan, take Miss Martin's address from Mr. Parker. And have one of the boys bring her over here. And Muggan, make it fast. This looks like a big break in our case. Well, here she is, Inspector Thorne. Elaine Martin. Uh, the boys say they're sorry it took so long. Sit down, Miss Martin. I, I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. He's Miss Martin, when my men went to your apartment, it was almost four o'clock in the morning, but you weren't in. I came along while they were ringing the bell, and then they told me. Just where were you until then? Out at a nightclub, the Green Feather. There were quite a few of us there from Keith's party. What happened at Keith's party, Miss Martin? I understand it ended unusually early. Keith... Keith was an actor, Inspector Thorne, and like all actors, temperamental. All of a sudden, he asked everybody to leave. He said he wanted to be alone. Well, there was no reason for his saying this. Nothing had uh, occurred to upset him. Nothing that I know of. That's when some of us decided to meet at the Green Feather. It seemed too early to go home. But I'd never have gone. Not if I'd known what... what was going to happen to my darling Keith. You loved him, Miss Martin? Oh, yes, yes. Passionately. And did Mr. Cameron return your love? We were going to be married, Inspector Thorne. It was still a secret, but we had our plans all made. Ah, uh, I see. No, 
No, you don't see. You think I'm lying. You're wondering why the glamorous, successful Keith Cameron should marry a, a has-been like me. But I'll give you proof. Proof of his love. I'd be happy to hear it, Miss Martin. Keith loved me so much, he went to a great deal of trouble to arrange an audition for me. An audition for John Swenson's new show. Do you know what that means? Oh, I know that Swenson has never had a failure. That's right. And at 11 o'clock this morning, I'm supposed to audition for him. Well, this is very interesting, Miss Martin. Believe me, Keith wouldn't have gone to all that trouble for someone he didn't love. See what's going on outside, Muggin. Sure thing, Chief. Hey, what's going on? I found the Hey, we got company, Chief. A boy spotted this guy hanging around outside. This is ridiculous. If a man can't stand on the street anymore... The police are bound to be suspicious of anyone loitering about a house where a murder has been committed. Murder? Who is it? Tell me. Not before you give me your name and why you're here. I'm Steve Mitchell. And I was outside waiting for my girl, Carla Carroll. Carla Carroll? She was at a party here in this house. Well, if this Miss Carroll is your girl, as you say, why do you have to wait outside while she goes to parties? Well, she was my girl until this heel Keith Cameron started handing her a line about promising to make her a star and saying he'd marry her. Marry her? He's lying, Inspector Thorne. Keith never said uh, that. Let Mr. Mitchell continue. This gets more interesting as it goes along. Cameron promised to marry Carla, all right. She told me. Well, I know I could change her mind if only she'd let me talk to her. And that's why I was outside, Inspector Thorne. At this hour? Well, these parties at Cameron's always end in the morning. So I came over about a half hour ago and started to my wait. Well, that's quite a story, Mitchell. It's the truth, Inspector Thorne, every word of it. Now tell me, it isn't... It isn't Carla who was murdered. No, it was Keith Cameron. Boy, is that a relief. Mm. You don't seem very upset over the fact that a man's been killed. Inspector Thorne, all I can think of is now everything's going to be all right between Carla and me. That sounds like an excellent motive for murder, even to a not-too-bright cop like me. You don't mean that I killed her. You're a lot brighter than you pretend to be, Inspector Thorne. I think Steve Mitchell is your killer, all right, with help from his little girlfriend, Carla Carroll. You have a great deal of explaining to do now, Elaine Martin. What? So Keith Cameron loved you madly, did he? And he was going to marry you and Carla Carroll and how many others? No, there were just the two of them. And you did know about his promise of marriage to Carla. All right. I did, and so did Carla. She found it out just before we all left the party. And I've been with a whole group of people all night. But where has she been except busy murdering Keith? That's an excellent question, Miss Martin. Come on, Muggin, let's visit Carla Carroll and get the answer. <laughs> Sure is some case, Inspector Dawn. Every time you turn around, you find a new suspect. Now drive down this street on your right, Muggin. I think it's a shortcut to Carla Carroll's house. Okay. Say, I got the report from the fingerprint detail on those jars of makeup that were on Keith Cameron's bureau. Yes, Muggin? Well, it's a funny thing. They found Cameron's fingerprints on all those jars, except one. And on that one? No prints at all. It was wiped clean. I told him to leave that jar in your office, Chief. Good work, Muggin. Now, let's see what we can learn from Cameron's stage-struck young girlfriend, Carla Carroll. And now, at the apartment of the stage-struck young Carla Carroll, we hear... Of course, I'm very sorry to hear about Keith Cameron's death, Inspector Thorne, but I don't understand why you and Sergeant Muggan are questioning me. We have it on good authority, Miss Carroll. 
that you and Keith Cameron were very good friends. We were friendly, the way people in the same profession usually are, but nothing more. Well, is it usual for a top star to be friendly with a rank beginner? I don't know who you've been talking to, but you have your information all wrong. I am not a rank beginner. I've appeared in a sizable number of little theater productions and been in two Broadway shows. Hmm. Well, did you have big parts in the two Broadway shows? What if I didn't? You have to start someplace. Uh-huh. The well-known star Keith Cameron would be an excellent starting place up the ladder of success for an ambitious young actress. Keith and I were just friends. You weren't secretly engaged? Of course not. Miss Carroll, this is your key ring here on the table? Why, yes. You don't mind if I look at it? Um, perhaps if, if you tell me your reason. This is my reason, Carla Carroll. This key, which I took out of my pocket and which exactly duplicates one of the keys on your ring. There are lots of keys that look alike. But only a few which would unlock Keith Cameron's private elevator in his penthouse apartment. We can go over there and try your key. Never mind, Inspector Thorne. That's the key to Keith's place. And you still say you were only casual friends, Miss Carroll? We were engaged secretly, but it's hard to explain. Oh, just how did Keith Cameron explain having two fiancés, you and Elaine Martin? That's it. I mean, I didn't learn that he was also engaged to Elaine Martin until tonight at the party, but I didn't really care. That's hard to believe. But it's the truth. You see... At first, I was kind of overwhelmed by the idea of the glamorous Broadway star, Keith Cameron, being in love with me. But after a while, I wasn't so sure I was in love with him. And just when did you become convinced that you no longer loved him? Tonight, when I found out about him and Elaine. My pride was hurt, but after I left, I discovered I wasn't one bit unhappy, Inspector Thorne. And where did you go when you left the party, Miss Carroll? I came straight home, alone. And you've been here ever since, thinking this out. Look, Inspector Thorne, this is ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. I didn't murder Keith Cameron. I had nothing but friendly feelings towards him. And I think you could spend your time better looking for the real murderer. <laughs> well, I'd be happy to oblige, Miss Carroll. You don't happen to know just who that is, do you? Maybe I do. Have you questioned his agent, Jack Parker, yet? We spoke to him. What did he say about that big blow-up he and Keith had the other night? Well, not a word about any arguments. He said they got along fine. <laughs> That's a laugh. He used to fight like a cat and a dog. The other night, when Jack Parker came over to see... Get down, Parler, get down, Mug, and turn off that light. The killer's on the fire escape. Inspector Thorne in the two fiancés murder case will return in just a moment. But first, it's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. And I'd like to take a moment to bring you a few highlights of our new fall schedule. Starting off on Friday, there's Screen Director's Playhouse with a full hour of drama, bringing you such stars as Charles Boyer, Loretta Young, and William Lundigan. Then on Saturday, be sure to hear Dimension X. Dimension X brings you stories of a future world, stories you won't easily forget. Then on Sunday evenings, be sure to hear Theater Guild on the Air with a full 60 minutes of great drama brought to you with the most capable stars of both stage and motion pictures. Such people of the theater world as Helen Hayes, Alfred Lunt and Lynn Fontaine, Betty Field, Montgomery Clift, and Basil Rathbone have agreed to appear on coming Theater Guild on the Air productions. Yes, we're proud of our new fall lineup, and we sincerely believe that our programming will bring you programs of both entertainment and importance. Friday, there's Screen Director's Playhouse, 
Saturday here, Dimension X. And then on Sunday, there's 60 minutes of drama on Theater Guild on the Air. Here are all three great shows on NBC. Now back to Inspector Thorne and the two fiancés murder case. When handsome, arrogant Broadway star Keith Cameron is murdered, Inspector Thorne discovers four people who had motive to kill him. The two women whom Keith had secretly promised to marry, Elaine Martin, a fading actress, and Carla Carroll, an ambitious young actress. The other suspects are Steve Mitchell, the young man Carla jilted for Keith Cameron, and Keith's agent, Jack Parker. While Inspector Thorne is questioning Carla Carroll at her apartment, someone shoots at her from the fire escape window. Now, a few seconds later, we hear Inspector Thorne say, Miss Carroll, are you all right? Yes. Yes, I think so. I can't see anyone on the fire escape, Chief. I'll run down and see if I can head him off. You sure you're all right, Miss Carroll? I, I must be. None of the shots touched me. So I was sitting right by the window. Hmm. Our killer seems to have a very bad aim. Well, now, Miss Carroll, if you're up to it, how about finishing what you started to tell me before the shots were fired? Oh, about Keith and his agent, Jack Parker. Keith was going to fire him. Are you sure of this? I heard Keith threaten Jack Parker with jail. Keith said Jack had been stealing money from him and covering it up with false bookkeeping. I got it, Let Chief. Let go. No other than Miss Elaine Martin herself. Let go of me. How dare you drag me in here like this? She was downstairs, Inspector Thorne, trying to make a fast getaway. Okay, Sergeant Morgan, let her go. Now, Miss Martin, will you explain to us what you were doing here at 5.30 in the morning? It's very simple, really. I couldn't sleep. I was too upset about what happened to poor Keith. And I thought maybe a walk would make me feel better. And so you walked halfway across town to Carla Carroll's house. I had no idea Carla lived anywhere near here. She doesn't have any gun on her, Chief, but we can search the neighborhood. Yes, do that, Morgan. And get me a ballistics report on those bullets lodged in the wall near Miss Carroll's chair. Right, Chief. Just what does this mean, Inspector Thorne? Are you accusing me of being implicated in a crime? It means, Miss Martin, that someone shot at Carla Carroll. Inspector Thorne, I just thought of something. What is it, Miss Carroll? About those shots. Yes? Why did they come just as I was starting to tell you about the fight Keith Cameron and Jack Parker had? Who'd want to keep me from telling about that? Except Jack Parker. Meanwhile, at the apartment of Jack Parker, the murdered Keith Cameron's business agent, we see Jack turning to Steve Mitchell, the young man who loves Carla Carroll. And Jack says angrily, I don't believe a word of that, Steve Mitchell. You didn't come here to talk to me, but to plant that gun under the cushion of my couch. It's lucky for me I spotted you doing it. Say, just what are you trying to pull, Parker? That gun was here all along and you know it. Now, look, you little punk. One more lie out of you and I'll... You what? Try to frame me, will you? It's your gun, Parker. I didn't know a thing about it until you pull it out from under the cushion. Get out. Get out, you hear me? And take your gun with you. Come in, Morgan. I think we've heard enough. Inspector Thorne. Thorne, what are you doing here? I came to ask you a few questions, Parker. But first, will you hand that gun to Sergeant Muggin? With pleasure. It belongs to Mitchell here. That's a lie. I had nothing to do with all it. All right, Mitchell. I heard all that from outside the door. Just what was it you wanted to talk to Jack Parker about? I thought maybe he might have some ideas about who killed Keith Cameron. Oh? When did we take you on the force, Mitchell? He's your man, Inspector Thorne. I'm convinced. Parker, how much money did you steal from Keith Cameron? What? Oh, you forgot to tell me about that, didn't you? 
And that Keith Cameron threatened to have you sent to jail? How could I tell you when it never happened? Carla Carroll says that you and Keith had an argument, that Keith threatened you with jail for mismanaging his funds. Oh, maybe we did talk about my giving up the job as Keith's agent. But Keith never said a word about money to me. You're changing your story, Parker. I thought you and Keith were on the best of terms. We were. But Keith was a temperamental man, like most actors. Every once in a while, he'd talk about firing me. Next day, he'd call me up and beg me to come back. Hmm. And that's the story you want to stick to, Parker? It's the only one, the honest truth. Yes, I hope so, for your sake, Parker. Let's go, Sergeant Lee. Coming. You leaving those two alone in there, Chief? It's all right, Morgan. You had a gun, haven't you? Yeah, sure thing. Well, something tells me I have the solution to the case. What? Who did it, Chief? Well, I want to be absolutely positive before I name any names, Morgan. And don't you go back to the office, round up all the reports for me. And have some of the men alerted to bring Jack Parker, Elaine Martin, Carla Carroll, and Steve Mitchell over to the murder scene at, uh, well, let's see, make it 10.30, just three and a half hours from now. And you, what are you going to do, Inspector Thorne? I'm going to visit the place where Keith Cameron used to order his special stage makeup. <laughs> And it is exactly 10.30 that morning when we see Inspector Thorne open the door of the murder apartment. And we hear him say, oh, I see you're all here. All four of you had reason to murder Keith Cameron. I had no That's reason. That's not oh, so. Please, please, now. If you'll all be quiet, I think we'll soon know exactly who that murderer is. Well, then you do know, Inspector Thorne. In that case, why did you have to have us all dragged down here? Well, many interesting facts come to light at the scene of a crime, Jack Parker. For instance, these ledgers, which were carefully hidden in Keith Cameron's bedroom. Well, why tell me about them? Because I've had my men check those ledgers, and they proved that you were stealing from Keith Cameron. Uh, well, maybe I did. But that doesn't mean I killed him. It means you're an awful liar, Parker. I heard you tell Inspector Thorne that Keith never accused you of stealing his money. You're right, Steve Mitchell. But detectives are used to having people lie to them. The way you did, too. Well, Steve would never lie. You seem to have a very high opinion of the man you jilted for Keith Cameron, Miss Carroll. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm glad I woke up in time. In time to murder Keith Cameron? You call me a liar, Inspector Thorne. Why don't you back up your words? Muggan, tell us what ballistics reported about the bullets that murdered Keith Cameron and the ones fired at Carla Carroll. They didn't come from the same gun. What about the gun we took away from Jack Parker's apartment, the gun Carter and Mitchell were arguing about? That's the gun that fired at Carla Carroll. And that gun is registered in your name, Steve Mitchell. Maybe it is. But it was stolen from me months ago. Oh, don't you see how crazy this is? You can't accuse me of wanting to kill Carla, the girl I love. You didn't fire those shots to kill Carla. But to convince us she was innocent because you were convinced she was guilty. You knew Carla had been back to this apartment after the party was over because she asked you to come with her and wait outside. All right, Inspector Thorne. But she only came to get some letters back. Letters she'd written to Keith Cameron. And he was still alive then because he gave them to her. What time was that, Steve? Well, what difference does that make? He was still alive. I came into this apartment at a quarter to three, Inspector Thorne. Well, that's about the time the medical examiner says he was shot. He was alive when Carla left, Inspector Thorne. And you left him in good health, Carla? I... I don't know, Inspector Thorne. What? The bedroom door was closed when I came into the apartment. I was glad. I knew the letters were in a desk in the living room, and I got them as quietly as I could. I... I thought Keith was sleeping, and I knew there'd be a fight if he found me here. Which is probably just what happened, Inspector Thorne. He found her here. They had a fight, and she shot him. That's not so. It isn't. 
I wouldn't know how to fire a gun. Well, evidence bears you out on one point, Miss Martin. There was a fight between Keith Cameron and his killer. There, you see? A very important fight. The one that will convict a murderer. What do you mean? Just this, Mitchell. I remember all I've read about how actresses need lots of beauty sleep when they're working. The reason for that should be obvious. And then I begin to wonder why a fading actress like you, Elaine Marden, should take the risk of staying out all night before an important audition. I told you. I just went to a nightclub with some people. That's not a good enough reason, Miss Marden. Do you know of any better one? Yes. If you'd murdered a man and wanted a good alibi... Now, really, Inspector, this has gone far enough. I also started wondering, in my slow way, why somebody had stopped to use Keith's makeup after murdering him. Use Keith's makeup? Yes, Mr. Parker. Someone had wiped all the fingerprints off one jar of Keith Cameron's special makeup. The only explanation I could figure out was that for some reason they'd used that jar and then had to clean it off. But makeup, Inspector Thorne, that, that just doesn't make sense. It will, Miss Carroll. I'm sure you'll be interested in this, Elaine Martin, because it concerns you. What? And the scratches you've been trying to cover up ever since Keith Cameron inflicted them on you in his death struggle. Scratches? You're mad, Inspector Thorne. I spotted them the first time I spoke to you. But I was sure I had a murderer when the makeup expert said that the jar I brought him was used especially to hide scars and blemishes and scratches. Just what does that prove? That after you murdered Keith Cameron, you used his makeup to hide the scratches. And you were careful to wipe your fingerprints off the jar. Too careful. You forget. I have an alibi. I was with a great many people all night long. Too many people. We checked them. Not one will swear that he saw you every minute of the time. No, Elaine Martin, you had plenty of chances to slip away unnoticed, murder Keith Cameron, and then hurry back. You have no alibi. And I have the evidence which proves you killed the man who had been deceiving you. You thought of everything, didn't you, Inspector Thorne? Well, I'll tell you one more thing you didn't think of. One more thing that proves what a rat Keith Cameron was. That audition this morning, that was my last chance. My very last chance to get a part in a Broadway show. And you know what Keith told me as I was leaving his party? He told me he was going to cancel it. He told me not to bother showing up for the audition. You admit you murdered Keith Cameron. Oh, I admit it. I murdered him all right. But not only because he was double-crossing me with a girl like Carla Carroll. Remember that, Inspector Thorne. He was double-crossing me on everything. Everything he'd ever promised. He deserved what he got. You'll have your chance to tell that to the jury. Take her in, Sergeant Morgan. And so ends the two fiancés' murder case. The part of Inspector Thorne is played by Stotts Cotsworth. Direction by Edward Slattery. The script was written by Geraldine Merkin, based on the original story by Frank and Ann Hummert. This is Fred Collins inviting you to tune in again next Thursday at this same time when the National Broadcasting Company will present Inspector Thorne in The Empty Ashtray Murder Case. Monday through Friday, hear Woman in My House on NBC.
This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series, oh, and a man's wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. The idea of the uh, young man trying to uh, just nonchalantly plant his gun in the agent's apartment and be like, I didn't see that before it came in here. It was pretty clumsy. But I'm glad that it turned out that the young couple wasn't actually involved. It turns out their only crime was being a bit young and dumb. And that's one that can be cured with time. At any rate, we turn now to listener comments and feedback. And uh, we have uh, several on Facebook. Joey writes in, definitely my favorite Inspector Thorne episode so far. And uh, then Stephen says, I was humored by the listener comment this week. He loves Inspector Thorne and he's never heard him before. I tolerate Inspector Thorne. I do think this week's was the best so far and have heard all of them multiple times on other podcasts. We listeners are very different in our taste and experiences. Keep up the uh, good work, Adam. And uh, finally, Lori says, Inspector Thorne has grown on me. I find it wildly amusing that they constantly repeat the entire name of the person they are talking about, first and last, almost every time. Keep up the good work, Adam. I can't to wait, wait to see what's on next Tuesday. Now, there has been some conversation about that. The Hummerts uh, productions were very much tailored towards homemakers. And some people have suggested that the repetition of names and details an assumption that the audience listening to this isn't very bright. And that was why the uh, writers did it that way. However, I've thought about that, and I actually lean towards a different uh, conclusion. I think the reason that these were set up that way is because it was targeted towards homemakers. There may have been an assumption that they'd be more likely to have to deal with interruptions that would cause them to miss some sort of key detail. I'm guessing, but I think that is probably closer to why they did it that way than in some way thinking less of their audience. And we don't have a definitive answer, but that's my best guess. And it certainly is an interesting feature of all the Hummert productions. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Richard Diamond. And then next Tuesday, it's another episode of Inspector Thorne. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and uh, become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.